0: Welcome back to the Durst Show. Remember Mike Lindell, the pillow guy? Um, he's also uh, been somebody who was arguing that the election of President Biden was, was not fair and that really President Trump uh, was elected president. As you know, I fundamentally uh, disagree uh, with that. He's a strong Trump supporter. I'm a Democrat. Why am I representing him? I'm now representing him. You may have read or heard that uh, we are suing uh, the FBI and the Justice Department I'm of counsel which means I'm not his regular lawyer but I'm uh, advising and consulting on the constitutional issues particularly the, the fourth Amendment issues and 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 so I've got a lot of inquiries since it was announced that I would be on his legal team what am I doing representing Mike Lindell he and I disagree so fundamentally you know trump Republican I'm a Biden Democrat. What am I doing? Well, that's the point. The whole point is that it is crucially important for those of us who are on the fair election side, on the pro-Biden side, we must be the ones to hold to account our fellow Democrats, our fellow pro-Biden supporters, and not allow them to violate the Constitution uh, in the interest of getting Trump uh, or getting Trump's associates or getting Trump's friends or getting Trump's lawyers. And it's crucially important, particularly for Democrats like me and liberals like me, to hold the Justice Department accountable. It's so easy for Republicans to do it. Oh, you can attack the Justice Department. It's cost free. Uh, You're a Republican, you're a Trump supporter or a non-Trump supporter, but, you know, you're against the Justice Department. Easily easy to attack it. Same thing is true for, for Democrats. If you're a Democrat, it's so easy to go after the Trump Justice Department. The key, the hardest thing, the thing that's most important is when members of your own party, your own identity, your own group holds you accountable. I commend those Republicans There are too few of them. But those Republican leaders who said, no, 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 Trump, you were not fairly, you were not unfairly uh, denied the presidency. Biden was fairly elected. There were Republicans who did that. and I'm not talking about the ones who wanted to impeach him. Um, I'm talking about ones who still support him and would vote for him, but uh, didn't believe that uh, Trump was correct when he talked about the election being unfair. I commend them. That's the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do when Republican leaders went to Richard Nixon and said, look, you better resign or we're going to impeach you and vote for your conviction and maybe even prosecute you. And whether a deal was made to get him pardoned or not, nobody ever knows. I asked that once to President Ford and he just smiled. Um, But I don't know the answer to that question. But it's very important, more important for people within the group that is being the oppressors and violating the Constitution to call them out on it. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I did at Mar-a-Lago. Although, again, not a Trump supporter. And if Trump uh, committed crimes, uh, he should be prosecuted for them if the evidence is clear and overwhelming as it was in the Nixon case. It has to satisfy both the Nixon and the Hillary Clinton standards. It has to be much worse than the Hillary Clinton case and certainly equivalent to to the Nixon case. So I'm not a, a Trump supporter. But I went after the Justice Department uh, when it searched uh, Mar-a-Lago and seized everything, including lawyer, client, privilege material. People asked me the same thing then. Oh, why why are you going after your Justice Department? Well, it's United States Justice Department. Yes, I'm a Democrat, but I put my principles before my partisanship. So I went after them. I didn't think that they needed a search warrant or constitutionally had um, a search warrant uh, that they should have sought. Um, also, I was very much opposed to them doing the evaluation as to whether they were lawyer-client privilege material. That's why I favored a, the appointment of a special master, and a special master was appointed. But I was not on the Democrat side on that one, and I'm a Democrat, and that's what's so important. And I have the same thing now with Mike Lindell. I don't agree with him. Uh, we, we disagree on issues of whether the election was fair. We may agree on some issues. I'm not crazy about Um, uh, the current situation with uh, uh, machine voting and with uh, early voting outside of poll booths, that's a different issue for a different day. Um, But I am totally in disagreement with him on his political views. I mean, he is a a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump supporter. He's a right-wing Republican. I'm not. But I'm going to represent him and sue the Justice Department on his behalf, along with a team of very, very good lawyers, as I said, I'm only of of counsel. But uh, why am I doing this? Uh, Let's remember the the facts. According to Mike Lindell's affidavit, sworn under oath, um, the uh, FBI tracked him to a fast food restaurant after he and a friend had gone hunting. First question, did they have a warrant to track him? Did they have a GPS in his car? Were they tracking him from the sky? you should have to get a warrant for that, for the very tracking itself. Do we as American citizens want the government to be able to track us without a warrant? I sure don't. Um, you know, it's it's not hard to track people today with cell phones, um, but the government should not be able to know where I am at every moment in my life unless they can show a judge probable cause for believing that it's essential to know my location. So question number one is, Did the government, did the FBI have a search warrant to even find Mike Lindell when he was hunting with a friend and then going for a a quick um, uh, bite at at a fast food uh, restaurant? Uh, If the answer to that is no, if they didn't have a search warrant, the entire search should be thrown out. But let's assume they had a search warrant. What did they do then? A search warrant generally says, all right, you can take the cell phone. Uh, All right, take my cell phone. They didn't do that. According to Lindell's affidavit, Um, They blocked his entrance, his exit. They sent in cars with plainclothesmen who who didn't really identify themselves until Lindell asked them for uh, proof that they were FBI agents. They would not let him leave, which constitutes a detention, constitutes essentially an arrest without probable cause. And um, and they said, give us your cell phone. He said, no, Um, um, my whole business is on my cell phone. My whole life is on my cell phone. Uh, show me a warrant. Finally, they they showed him a warrant. He said, well, all right, let me call my lawyer. They said, no, you can't call your lawyer. Another violation of the Constitution. Every American citizen is entitled to call their lawyer, particularly if they're not under arrest, if they're just, you know, subject to a search warrant. Finally, according to uh, Lindell's affidavit, the uh, FBI agent uh, agreed and allowed him to call his lawyer, and the lawyer told him to turn over the cell phone under protest, which he did. So the government now has Mike Lindell's cell phone. And what do they have on this cell phone? They have his life, they have everything. The framers of our constitution were appalled at what the British uh, colony, colonial government did. They allowed for what were call general warrants. A general warrant said, we can search your home. And the fourth amendment of the constitution prohibits general warrants. Searching a home is, is too much power for the government. The constitution requires that you specify what you're looking for top drawer of the cabinet in the kitchen, uh, which we believe contains the knife that killed so-and-so, or under the bed in the bedroom, or um, uh, office files which may contain uh, material relevant to an antitrust violation or something else. But you can't generally search a home. It would seem so clear that if you can't generally search a home, ah, for sure, I. You can't search a cell phone. A cell phone is much, 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 much more intrusive than a phone. I had a case some years ago where they had a search warrant, but they didn't have a search warrant for the medicine cabinet. And they went to his medicine cabinet. And we persuaded the court that a medicine cabinet is such a private place. It tells you whether you have socially transmitted diseases, whether, uh, you know, whatever diseases you might have, uh, a medicine cabinet is a very, very private place. I remember an episode of Seinfeld where Seinfeld looks into the medicine cabinet of a woman that he's dating and he sees something in there which is suspicious and he stops dating her. That was, of course, just comedy. In real life, uh, medicine cabinets hold a lot of deep, dark secrets, and that's why the government has to go to special lengths to get permission to go into uh, a cabinet. Um, but, and the same thing is true about a cell phone a hundredfold. A cell phone has everything. It has pictures. It has um, calls. Uh, It has email messages with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever it might be. It has messages between parents and and children. Um, It has uh, messages between a lawyer and a client. I mean, this cell phone just has everything you want to know about my life, which is why I have a password. I'm not going to tell it to you um, because it's 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 secret and um, it's it's confidential. And yet the government seized the cell phone and um, and 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 was free to go through every aspect of it. Now in the search warrant they did say they're looking for ABCDEFG, but there's what's called the plain view doctrine. So if you're looking for ABCDEFG and you find QXR and you see it, you can seize it. That's why a special master was uh, appointed and that's why it was important to appoint a special master to do the job that the government says it can do to itself. It can generally do to itself. uh, It can supervise. It could say say one team of lawyers um, will look to see whether there's any privileged material. And if there is, they'll keep it secret and confidential. Oh, don't worry about us. You can trust us. No, no, no. We can't trust you. In any event, You're not entitled to see lawyer, client, privilege communications if you're in the Justice Department, even if you're in a separate division of the Justice Department. No, you can't see that. Those are secrets. Those are things that were told to a lawyer on the promise of confidentiality, just like what you tell a priest or what you tell a psychiatrist or what you tell a medical doctor. No, you can't see that. So we got a special master uh, appointed. And in the Lindell case, we're asking for a special master as well. We're also, of course, asking for a return of the cell phone. And for the affidavit, remember in the Mar-a-Lago case, the government turned over the affidavit. Before you can get a search warrant, you have to make an application for a search warrant to a judge, and the application for the search warrant also includes a sworn affidavit, which is very specific and and specifies what the basis is for seizing the um, the material. Uh, we're entitled to see that, and we we've, we've asked for it. So. Um, You know, it's an interesting lawsuit and um, a potentially winning lawsuit. I think uh, there may be a hearing. Uh, The the government may contest uh, Lindell's facts, this one under oath, but the government has the right to contest them. If they do, there'll be a hearing. The government has already acknowledged that they did um, execute a search warrant uh, for his telephone. And that's really enough for us to get into court. So we'll see what happens. We'll see whether or not government admits, denies what they say, and then the judge to whom the case is assigned will have to determine what to do. And I would hope that after holding a hearing, if one is necessary, depending on what the government says, he will immediately issue a preliminary injunction saying, stop looking at the cell phone. Stop looking at that cell phone. You can't go into it at this point until and unless I decide that the search was valid. You can't start Getting the information and then have to unring the bell or let the cat out of the bag or let the toothpaste back in the tube to use all these trite analogies. Uh, So let's stop now. Stop looking. That's one thing that we have requested. And the other thing, of course, is uh, return the cell phone if it was seized illegally. And if it was seized illegally, it has to be returned. Um, uh, Another thing is um, uh, declare that the questioning of Lindell was unconstitutional. You can't question somebody, you're detaining when he's asked for a lawyer, and you said, no, you can't talk to the lawyer. So whatever information they may have gotten uh, from him uh, has to be suppressed, and the government has to be held to account for doing that. So I'm doing what I always do. I'm defending the constitutional rights of people I disagree with, but it's become even more important. And people are saying to me, oh, you've gone to the dark side. You've become a Republican, because a lot of your high-profile clients at this point, uh, starting with President Trump um, in front of the Senate, but now Mike Lindell, and there've been a few others that I've consulted with, uh, they're all Republicans. Why aren't you representing Democrats? Why do you represent Republicans? Well, the point that's so important is that we who are Democrats and liberals, we who see ourselves as supporters of the election results, the presidency of Joe Biden, critical of many of the things he's done, but I think he's a good president. And, and I I think that he was properly elected. We're the ones who have to take responsibility for holding the Biden administration, Garland, the attorney general to account. Remember I supported Garland when he was nominated to the Supreme court. I still think he would have made a good justice. A lot of my viewers don't agree with that, but I'm on their side. And because I'm on their side, It's imperative for me to be the one to hold them to account. You you can get all the Republicans in the world trying to do it. It doesn't have the same impact as when a liberal Democrat supporter of Joe Biden, supporter of the election, says to his own Justice Department, the Justice Department he supports, no, you've gone too far. You violated the Fourth Amendment. You violated the Fifth Amendment. You violated the First Amendment. You violated the Sixth Amendment. All of those claims are being made in this lawsuit. And um, I will follow up uh, the developments on this lawsuit as we move forward. But uh, I'm, I'm proud to be representing a man I disagree with because I agree with the Fourth Amendment. I agree with the First Amendment. I agree with the Fifth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment and the Sixth Amendment. And uh I would defend anybody's rights under the Constitution, including under the Second Amendment, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it's there. And I'm a supporter of the Constitution. So uh, I'm a constitutional lawyer. Uh, I'm a constitutional advocate. I'm a constitutional scholar, um, a writer. And I'm going to continue to defend the Constitution on behalf of friends and foes alike. I grew up in McCarthyism where lawyers were afraid to defend the Constitution on behalf of accused communists. I was an anti-communist, but I strongly supported the rights of accused communists to due process, equal protection, and the First Amendment. So that's what I'm doing with um, Mike Lindell. Um, If you don't approve of it, let me hear why. Um, If you don't approve of my disagreement with him, let me hear why. But let's remember the Constitution is not only for people you agree with. It's primarily designed to protect people you disagree with, people whose views are out of fashion, people who everybody wants to see uh, prosecuted, or at least a significant segment of the population. So I'm going to continue to defend Mike Lindell and others, um, regardless of their political views. But I'm going to especially, especially focus on people who are having their constitutional rights violated by my political party, by my uh, people who I voted for, by my people whose attitudes on the election I agree with. That's the special obligation that every citizen has to hold to account those who are on your side. And in a world that we live in today of partisan politics, partisanship Trumping principle, um, uh, shoe-on-the-other-foot test being failed by everybody. I pride myself on sticking to my principles. That's why I wrote my book, The Price of Principle. And I probably will continue to pay a price. I paid a high price for defending Trump. I will probably pay a high price for defending Lindell. But I'm prepared to do that. Just leave my family out of it. Stop picking on my wife. Stop picking on my on my other family members uh, pick on me i'm strong i can fight back yeah i'm 84 years old yeah i have a broken arm uh but i can still fight back and i can fight not only on my behalf but on behalf of anybody agree or disagree with them whose constitutional rights are violated and mike lindell's constitutional rights have been violated so let's turn to some some questions now um okay Uh, First one is about Martha's Vineyard. I love you wanted to provide food and medical care to the people of Martha's Vineyard. I had offered to do that as soon as I heard that there were these 50 refugees. Uh, But if Martha's Vineyard cannot, with all of its wealthy, provide for only 50 immigrants and their uninvited presence causes such a huge shock there, how does the angry of Martha's Vineyard expect the tiny little basically poor southern towns to deal with them? it's, it's an interesting point, but Martha's Vineyard opened its arms. It really did the right thing. Look, I'm a big critic of uh, particularly some of the zealots in Shilmark who have shut the library to me and canceled me and doing all those kinds of things. They're a bunch of hypocrites and phonies. But uh, most of the folks of Martha's Vineyard opened up their arms. Um, um, my synagogue, uh, Chabad, uh, did that. Um, we didn't decide to send them off the island. That was a decision made by the governor of Massachusetts because there are better provisions for taking care of them on the Cape than on the vineyard. But if they had stayed on the vineyard, I know I would have I invited some of them to dinner. I would have invited them to, uh, to meet people. And uh, I would have tried to integrate them into, into the life of the vineyard. And if you if you send more people to the vineyard, more refugees, we'll open our arms to them. Um, again, I saw the second episode last night of, um, of Ken Burns and, um, uh, film on the Holocaust. And he, uh, just, just remarkably how America refused to accept refugees from, uh, from abroad, uh, whose lives could have been saved. Uh, and I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to confuse humanitarian efforts with political agreements or disagreements. So, yeah, I think the Vineyard uh, deserves, the Chulmark folks in the Vineyard deserve criticism for their hypocrisy, but not over the, the refugees. I think they did a, a good job. Uh, one letter was about uh, Judge Deary. Uh, he seems to be siding with the government. Remember who predicted that? I predicted that here. The moment Judge Deary was nominated by the Trump people, I said, be careful what you wish for, Judge Deary. Is a, a judge with a good reputation, but he was on the FISA court. He was the U.S. attorney. He was a prosecutor. He is generally going to incline toward national security and toward um, the, um, uh, the government. So just, just be careful. Uh, I predicted that he might um, uh, lean over slightly in favor of the government and against um, uh, the Trump lawyers. Excellent points. I am a police officer. Uh, this was the issue about, uh, say, the, the young man who was convicted and then let out after um, that podcast uh, and after the admission by the government that they had failed to provide uh, exculpatory evidence. I am a police officer and see the same misconduct often by police. They believe someone is guilty, so they believe they have the moral high ground, think it's okay to frame someone, It's part of the police culture. I I hope that's not right. I hope it's not part of the police culture. I hope it's only a few people. But I have to tell you, I have seen enough cases to know that it's not just an isolated situation. That when the police, when the FBI, when prosecutors, when they become convinced, as they often do, correctly as they often do, that a person is guilty, then the ends justify the means. And they're prepared to cheat. They're prepared to take shortcuts. They're prepared to violate the Constitution. And worst of all, they're prepared to commit perjury. Police perjury is tragically rampant in criminal cases involving particularly guilty people. The police are prepared to lie in order to make sure that a guilty person doesn't get away with it. I'm curious what you think about that. would you justify the police lying in order to frame a guilty person or to make sure that a guilty person is convicted even though the evidence uh, wouldn't allow the conviction? I think those are hard questions. Next question. Now, Alan, you state our system is not the best, uh, not even close. However, what you should be saying is our people aren't even close. You know, systems are simply people, just as governments, organizations, affiliations uh, and my how nuanced and individualized we humans are. I agree with that again. Watch Ken Burns um, three part series on the Holocaust. Good Americans, decent Americans Uh, were uh, advocating keeping the Jews out of America. Charles Lindbergh, who was a great hero, turned out to be a Nazi. Uh, He was a great sympathizer with with Hitler and Goebbels and Goering. Look, the King of England was a Nazi sympathizer, uh, he abdicated. Uh, There were a lot of people, prominent people. Uh, The head of the Ford family wasn't uh, a a Nazi sympathizer. Um, um, There were many who who, uh, were decent people. Uh, ordinary folks who just wanted to keep the Jews out. And they knew that they were being uh, murdered at at rates of thousands and thousands of day children and and women and the elderly and and men. And they wouldn't lift a finger. Uh, Not only wouldn't lift a finger, but uh, Breckenridge Long, the uh, assistant secretary of state for visa affairs or whatever, did everything in his power to keep Jews out, even if they had a legal right to come in. Uh, anti-Semitism was systemic at some parts of the government, uh, as was anti-Catholicism, as was, but it's so complicated because according to the Byrne show, um, some of the leading folks who try to keep Jews out were uh, Catholic priests like um, uh, Father Coughlin and, and, and others. Um, and So it crossed all lines, even some Jews who were worried that if too many Jews came to America... Uh, it would disrupt their uh, status, uh, very few, but some. So you're absolutely right, individuals are nuanced, and, and, and governments are generally a function of individuals. Um, Franklin Delano Roosevelt never had public support for admitting Jews until after uh, Japan uh, bombed Pearl Harbor, and we entered into the Second World War uh, uh, fully. Okay, last uh, question, Professor Dershowitz, you say you're not a socialist? and you even assert your unwillingness to become a Republican, why not embrace principle libertarianism? I do. I'm a libertarian. Um, but libertarians aren't running for president. Yeah, one of them did. One, my former uh, professor at, at Brooklyn College was the candidate for uh, the Libertarian Party back in, I don't know, the 1980s or something like that. Um, um, but today there is no Libertarian Party. The choice today is between the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, I don't believe in voting for third parties because they're usually wasted votes. So if the Republicans became more Libertarian, um, I might very well join them as as they have in England. The Conservative Party in England is much more Libertarian um, and, and, and much more um, they stay out of uh, where they are on the right side, in my view of issues involving the death penalty and involving um, uh, gay marriage and involving uh, reasonable abortion, reasonable gun control, opposition to capital punishment. But we live in America where we have to choose between two parties. And as between those two parties, I reluctantly, reluctantly uh, support the Democrats because there are so many things about the Democrats that I don't support. But until the Republicans uh, drop their opposition to so many rights, I'm going to be a libertarian in my perspective and a Democrat in my voting pattern most of the time. Uh, See you next week.